your source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast, episode number 56. I'm your host, Dustin, and today we have with us... It's Apple. This is Nick. And today we have with us Josh, who, and we will be talking about uh, our trip to Comic-Con. That's why Josh is going to be joining us today. Hey, hiya. All right, so we've got a bunch of stuff to cover. Uh, you know, it's been about a month since we had an episode, but on top of that, uh, we had Batman Under the Red Hood released... We also had um, Comic-Con, which is pretty much the biggest thing that's been going on uh, that's that's happened since then. But there's also been a ton of news that's come out from Comic-Con prior to Comic-Con, so that we're going to cover all of it. So uh, let's start off with movie news. Uh, the very first thing we've got is we knew at the end of uh, we, we knew this but it wasn't confirmed at the end of uh, the last podcast that uh, the next animated film will actually be Superman Batman Apocalypse um, which will be a story that follows Supergirl coming to Earth and Batman and Superman dealing with that and then ultimately they also have to deal with Darkseid as well so that became official on June 30th, which was after the last time we uh, recorded that, because Warner Brothers did send over uh, official press release based on that. I, uh, I honestly, I can't wait because uh, they're they're even going to start off. Of course, it was a story by Jeff Loeb, and it was illust- beautifully illustrated by uh, Michael Turner, the late Michael Turner. But uh, it's man, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I I was hoping that they would do this story. I'm. Um... A little unsure. I thought the last Superman Batman film was just okay, but um, I'm not too familiar with this storyline. But I am looking forward to seeing Darkseid. Um, so you know, we'll wait and see with this one. But um, it could be interesting. Could be. In- I'm, I'm glad that uh, Supergirl is going to be introduced. It looks like they're adapting that second story arc from the Superman Batman uh, Jeff Loeb uh, comic book. Because uh, they, they already did Public Enemies, so it's almost like they're going in order or something. Because that was the second of the big arcs. I saw the trailer, and it looks like they're directly ripping Michael Turner's art, which you know, was kind of cool, faithful to the comic. I don't really have any strong feelings about that particular story, though. It, it is quite interesting, because they actually did seem, uh, when they did Public Enemies, it did seem as if they uh, used Ed McGuinness's art as a kind of, uh, well... I don't know the best way to put it. I guess influence would be it influenced the way they did the animation, which I, I think is a cool idea. And I guess if you do a Superman Batman movie every once in a while and it follows a storyline um, and the art is, you know, the original art influences the animation style, I'm all for that. I just sincerely hope that this movie is better than Public Enemies because, as many of you know who've been listening to the podcast for quite some time, I do not think very highly of that film. 
<laughs> I, I think they they should have left some of the story of Public Enemies in rather than cut it out for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, I also think it'd be interesting with different art. I, I like the fact they have different art styles with different films. I think it just uh, makes each film a little bit more unique, so it's nice to see different approaches. It's kind of interesting how these movies seem to have their own continuity for each movie, as opposed to the old DC animated universe where they were all in the same continuity. Like, Under the Red Hood is probably not in the same continuity as Public Enemies or Batman Gotham Knight. Like, each movie seems to exist in their own continuity. And it's... I don't know. Is it hard for anyone else to get invested in each of these movies, even though they're adaptations of pre-existing stories when they're just kind of these standalone things in their own continuity? I mean, I guess, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, the big thing is, yes, every single one of these movies doesn't seem like there's any tie to any of the other films. So it is a little bit different. It's not like what we would have had if we had Batman anima- the animated series and, you know, subsequently we had uh, Sub-Zero as well as Mask of the Phantasm where it still follows a certain continuity. Every single one of them has its own unique continuity where they don't really address things that have happened in the other films. It would be interesting, especially with, you know, the fact that Warner Brothers, well, not so much now, but a couple years back was so hyped about doing the Crazy Justice League movie. You would think at this point they would have done something where some of these animated films could have actually crossed over and they could have done it in the animated route since that works better than in the live action format. Mm, I agree. Yeah, I think if there's anywhere to try it, they might as well try it here in the animation world beforehand. But I guess the... The creators of these films don't want a film to come out that needs all the fans to have seen four films previously or something like that. So I guess they'd they'd rather keep it simple. I agree. I think they want to keep it simple, but at the same time, there's a way of doing it where you don't have to see the prior one, and it could still be a good movie. But for those who have seen it in the past, they can tie things in that like are kind of, I wouldn't say go as far as to say Easter eggs, but you know, kind of nods to those people who continue to buy their films over and over again. Right. Yeah. Well, I think this, you know, the Marvel Avengers film in a couple of years' time will be an interesting experiment to see what happens. When that film comes out, how many people are going to go and see that film without having seen Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man? And will they understand what's going on? So I think that'll be a good test to see whether audiences can handle it. Yeah. All right, so the next thing we've got is on July 9th, uh, we had a little bit of some news about Batman 3. Um, as we all know, Michael Caine sometimes talks, says some things that he's not supposed to, and in this regard, um, at the premiere for Inception in London, there was a website called Digital Spy that actually talked to Michael Caine, and they asked him about Batman, and Michael Caine, being the guy who always tells something, says... Oh, I think we're going to start filming next April. So, could Batman 3 be starting as early as April? I mean, it's entirely possible. Um, but also, we also have to keep in mind that sometimes Kane doesn't always know what's going on, and he just is going off of things he's heard, as we know of in the past, Johnny Depp being the Riddler. Right. Yeah, I, I think um, I think in the time frame, I mean, didn't we say this before, though, like where we were, we were looking at a time frame for filming? So if it's in the time frame of filming, but um, yeah, hopefully we get some more solid news. I mean, but I'd rather hear it from Christopher than Sir Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually walking past uh, or through Leicester Square when this uh, premiere was happening. I saw Michael Caine, actually, um, 
on the red carpet, so that was quite exciting. Um, but yes, all, you, all you Brits just know each other, don't you? Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a good friend of mine. You, you um, meet at the pub, you know, under Big Ben. Yeah, yeah. I, I broke this news actually. He told me. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, good old Michael Caine. He's a lovely chap, but you can't really trust him. Um, as Apple said, let's just wait and see what Chris Nolan says. But it, I mean, it would make perfect sense. But I think I also saw another interview with Michael Caine where he said he hadn't spoken to Nolan for months, so you never know, really. (laughs) I love you, Nick. That was awesome. (laughs) Didn't Michael Caine say something like a year ago to MTV, like, I don't know, they won't tell me. If they tell me, I'm the one that's liable to slip up and tell everyone. They might be be using him as the red herring person. Yeah, (laughs) He's the marketing. They're testing him out. They, they, they just tell him stuff, and they're not being serious. They're telling him this stuff as a joke, and he leaks it to the press, thinking that it's true. They're like, Nolan's like, hey, uh, Sir Michael, um, what do you think about having Cher as Catwoman? You know, let's, we're going to sit on that for a while. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, you just got Chris Nolan's just had Inception come out. It's a massive film. Um, he's going to want a bit of a break. And then, you know, getting something like Batman 3 prepared for filming will take months. Um so I think something like April sounds about right, but uh, let's wait and see. All right, so the next thing we've got is uh, also July 9th, we had the first trailer for Superman Batman Apocalypse pop-up, and you can actually check that out um, on the website under SBA First Trailer, and you can watch that. Uh, moving straight over into the next news, on July 13th, Warner Brothers sent us over details saying that Batman Under the Red Hood would premiere have its world premiere at San Diego Comic-Con, and we'll talk more about that when we get to our feature. Uh, July 15th, uh, Apple happened to find this and sent it over. Um, Batman 1989 uh, got a new soundtrack. I don't know if you could say new soundtrack. It was a soundtrack that was re-released, but it includes a bunch of uh, archival stuff that wasn't ever released before. So it was a two-disc... CD that had 30 di- or 30 tracks on the first disc and about 29 on the second one. So the, it's an entire thing of 144 minutes, which is pretty much the length of the entire movie, which is kind of cool. Um, this is released again by La La Land Records, which we've seen in the past. They've released these uh, soundtracks of things from the past. They re-released them in new formats or limited edition formats. Um, it was originally released at San Diego Comic-Con, and then you were able to buy it afterwards, um, after the convention. So, that was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, um, I was able to pick up a couple of, actually, uh, some of the CDs that they had. I mean, they had the Justice League Frontier, they had the 89, the 60s, uh, Batman 1, Nick, you would have loved that. Uh, <laughs> they had it all right there. La La Land Records have done some really interesting stuff the last year or two, and, um... I'll be interested to see how much extra bonus stuff there is in here that I don't already have. And there seems to be a lot more material. I don't know where they got it all from, but uh, certainly something I'll be checking out because I do like my soundtracks. And I think Danny Elfman's one from uh, 89 is possibly one of the best ones there is for Batman. So it's something I'll be looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the most interesting things about that is the fact that uh, La La Land Records started to release those animated uh dc animated film soundtracks 
And I think Warner Brothers kind of caught on to the fact that people actually want those soundtracks, and then they ended up taking that over, and now they're releasing. They've released. They released one for uh, Crisis on Two Earths. They released one for uh, Under the Red Hood. I'm sure they'll have ones for Superman, Batman. I believe they had one for Superman, Batman, Public Enemies that was available on iTunes and Amazon. And then I think they figured out that people actually want to buy these. So they're making them available for everybody through d- digital download as well as through CD through Amazon. Now, they're not. you're not going to go to the store and find them because it's not like that. But you will find them on Amazon and you will find them on iTunes. But I, I think Warner Brothers kind of realized what was going on because the first few uh, soundtracks from these DC animated films was all only released by La La Land Records. So that is quite interesting. Yeah, and I, I spoke to uh, one of the owners. Gosh, his name slips my mind. But he said he had uh, caught the, the Batman Universe podcast before and loved it. So, uh, yeah, guys, please support him any way you can. Hey, guys, this is Apple from the Batman Universe, and I am here with the guys from La La Land Records. How are you doing, guys? We're doing great. Doing great. I am uh, Matt for Boys. I am vice president and co-owner of La La Land Records. And I'm M.V. Gerhard, president and co-owner of La La Land Records. Hey, guys. Now, uh, a lot of our fans, and of course, including us, have always supported you guys, and we've always bought your CDs for what you brought out for the Batman animated series, even the 60s, so one that you're, uh, you had here, and now you have the two discs, Batman, the original from Danny Elfman from the movie. Talk about a little bit about that right now. Well, uh, we're premiering it here at Comic-Con. It's a big release for us. It is a two-disc set, as you know, and it's the full, uh, for the first time, the full uh, film version of Danny Elfman's uh, iconic score. And then the uh, album presentation from 1989 has been remastered. That's on the second disc, along with, you know, bonus and alternates and uh, a great 20-page booklet with great, uh, you know, liner notes by Jeff Bond, who's one of the premier film, you know, music writers, and, and did the Elfman panel here actually uh, the other day you know and as a, as a film score fan myself I can actually say you know I've, I've come full circle 1989's Batman is the film score that got me to love film music and and now it's just an honor to, to be the producer on the project and uh, it was a, an absolute treat to, to work with uh, Mr. Elfman and his and his uh, uh, agents and and uh, you know putting together this package and we're really excited to be uh, working with him on uh, Batman Returns right now which will be coming out uh, Christmas of 2010. Now, have y'all guys promoted that already on your site? Uh, we have uh, made mention of it there, and we made mention in uh, Ubita, uh, Spain. Uh, one of our producers was over there for a film uh, score conference where he announced Batman and he announced Batman Returns. And uh, we're working on it right now. It's going to be a two disc set. It's going to be the uh, complete score from the film, along with some uh, album edits and, and, of course, a bunch of uh, wonderful bonus tracks that we discovered. Now, uh, y'all have other uh, DC products also. Can you go ahead and talk about the scores for those right now? Well, there's some really exciting composers there. Some names I think you're going to see, you know, on big films in the future, as well as more DC uh, universe, you know, uh, movies that come out. Um, we've released, as you know, uh, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Justice League: New Frontier, Batman: Gotham Knights, Superman: Doomsday, Teen Titans. Teen Titans. So we've got folks like the dyna- dyna- dynamic, you know, uh, music partners, Lolita and uh, Christopher and Michael, who are no stranger to the Batman universe, obviously, and uh, Chris Drake and uh, Kevin Manthe and Robert Crowell. I mean, these are really, I think, exciting sort of young composer names. 
names that hopefully you're going to hear a lot more from in the future. And, and let's not forget about uh, Shirley Walker's uh, uh, magnum opus, The Flash, uh, which just came out this year, and and, uh, and that was just a, a wonderful uh, treat to you know release that for the fans because it is just some of the best uh, music composed for television. Okay, guys, so uh, we're glad that we're able to catch up with you today, and uh, we always support you, and we want fans to go ahead and buy all the CDs, any products that y'all come out with, because they're wonderful products, they're high quality, and I can't recommend y'all any more than that, guys. Well, thank you so much. It's, it's, it's because of you guys showing interest in the product that we're able to do it, so we really appreciate it. And we uh, you know, hope to do more in the future. You know, Besides Batman Returns, there's a lot more stuff that we need to get out there. Superman the Animated Series, more Batman the Animated Series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and you know who knows what other gems we'll be able to discover. Great. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. So the next thing we've got is, well, it's kind of a little bit of news from San Diego, but uh, before we get into that, uh, we were sent this information right before San Diego from Warner Brothers stating, you know, the different projects that they would have at the, the convention that they would be promoting. And one of these things that they said they were promoting was something called Secret Origin, the Story of DC Comics. We knew nothing about this. There was a small blurb describing what it was, and it said it was a documentary that was planned to come out in November about the 75 years that DC Comics has been around. Uh, well, on the Thursday of Comic-Con, uh, we were given the opportunity to actually interview some of the people involved in this project, um, including Gregory Novak, Jim Lee, Danny, uh, Denny O'Neill, uh, and Len Wine. And to tell you the truth, we knew very, very little about this because very little was ever told about it. Uh, we do know that it will come out in November. Uh, we do know it's a documentary. Uh, they actually did premiere it after we were able to get these interviews, but we knew very little about it. So you can actually check out all these interviews. But the reaction for the documentary is was was really good. Uh, yeah, um... I was able to uh, actually me and Josh were uh, able to uh, to watch it and uh, we like you said we didn't know what to expect so we were like wow okay you know let's see what this is so you know like 75 years of what we love so uh, we sat down and it was it was like really amazing I didn't I didn't expect it to be that good it was narrated by Ryan Reynolds you know the coming Green Lantern and uh, they went in depth into uh, Superman, Batman, they went into Bob Kane, Bill Finger, uh, even the Jack Kirby time that was spent at DC, uh, Paul Levitz, everyone, Neil Adams, the, the new era that came in, they talked about the history of the Batman, what had happened there, the history behind Wonder Woman, and you, it, it was what, what did they say, Dust? It was like an, was it hour 30? Is that what they said? It was like, it was about, I think, 85 minutes. 85 minutes? Man, you know, it, it felt like it really honestly just flew by, and you're just like, wow, that was really good. Like, it was like a history documentary of what we love about DC. And I, I can't recommend I'm waiting for it to come out. I mean, it, to me, it's a must-buy for me. Yeah, I mean, I was not aware of this at all until you guys went to Comic-Con, and I saw your interviews with some pretty impressive, uh, you know, talented comic book creators and stuff and they spoke so highly about the project and um and and the fans who have seen it at comic con said it's pretty good so now it's something i definitely want to want to see and um sounds like it's going to be a really good project it held my attention the whole time you know for a documentary 
in that scope, I mean, covering what what were they? Was seventy five years? That's pretty good. And Ryan Reynolds was a great narrator. There was applause during certain parts. There was the audience was reacting. I mean, and they had the laughter because there's the part where Julie Schwartz is talking about how he told Martin Goodman over at Marvel Comics that you know Justice League was selling well, and that's how. Stanley created Fantastic Four. So then he says, so yeah. now I not only saved DC, but I saved Marvel as well. <laughs> he and saved Marvel. That was awesome. Yeah, so the whole audience was cracking up there. And uh, when Ryan Reynolds, uh, who we know he's going to be the Green Lantern, he's listing off all these DC characters. He saves Green Lantern for last. And, like, he says it with a certain inflection. He's like, and they created all these characters like, you know, blah, 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 and Green Lantern. So that was I was a little surprised that in covering the 75 years of DC's history that they did not talk about Crisis on Infinite Earths. So but maybe that'll be edited in for the final release. But even so, great movie and great scope. And I love the different comic stuff that they brought in there, too. Yeah, um, I was whispering the Apple when they were talking about the Batman TV show, like that they were only doing like still footage. And I was like, ah, because they don't have the rights to the real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> The, 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 every single other TV show, like Wonder Woman, they were showing, you know, like clips and movie stuff and everything. But when it came to the 66 Batman show, you get, you know, those those same like four or five promotional stills of Bird and Adam. <laughs> All right. So that's that's something that we can look forward to coming November. And I'm assuming that right around that same time that comes out, the uh, the CD that they announced a little while back about the uh, 75 years of DC Comics it, I'm a, we we know very little about that project as well, but I'm assuming that'll be also coming out around that time frame as well, uh, featuring music from the various projects through the 75 years that DC Comics has been around in media form, I'm assuming, since it's music. So I'm assuming that'll probably be coming around. They did say at first it was coming out in July, and then they changed it to November, and it might be to coincide with this release of this documentary. Mm-hmm. It's must-buy, must-buy. So definitely look forward to that. All right, so then also while we were at San Diego, we did have a chance to interview a number of different people that were involved with Batman Under the Red Hood. Um, So you can check those out online. Um, We're going to not really cover a ton of stuff related to Batman Under the Red Hood because we've already pretty much, at this point, by the time you're listening to this, you've already seen it, you already know what it's about, so there's no point to really cover it. We will discuss it later on. Um, but uh, you can check out those interviews. Now, one of the things that we did get while we were doing the interviews uh, was while we were interviewing Bruce Tim. Now, this was before the movie premiered, right before the movie premiered uh, on Friday night. Uh, Bruce Tim, we were interviewing Bruce Tim, and he actually told us that uh, Batman Year One will, in fact, be coming out late 2011 as one of the DC animated films. So that was really nice to hear. Yeah, when uh, when he gave it to us, that was kind of a big scoop because nobody knew the date of when it was going to be released, right? We all assumed that there were a project, it was kind of working, but when uh, Bruce Tim had told you and I about that, I was just like, oh, I wanted to hug him, man, it's like one of the greatest stories. Uh, man, they're, they're doing a good job getting all the good stories that we like, and man, just seeing Batman Year One, ah, man, that, oh my God, just waiting. Yeah, I can't wait for this one. I think it's going to be really good you know it's fantastic material to work with i mean it sounds like as we spoke earlier they'll be using the same sort of art style my only worry is that the expectation is going to be so high with this film 
Um, I just hope they can deliver. But uh, it's certainly the the film that I'm looking forward to the most that they've that they've produced out of you know all the ones they've done over the last few years. It's just the one I want to see the most. If they can pull this off right, this can be their best animated movie ever. I remember, well, you know, during the early stuff of Batman Begins, they were talking about this was going to be the year one film, and Batman Begins was really good, you know, but it wasn't Batman year one. Batman year one isn't Batman, you know, fighting Ra's al Ghul and the Scarecrow. So this is our chance to see, like, an adaptation of the actual year one comic, which, again, if they pull this off right, it can be great. And if they do that art, that same art style from the comic, that would translate really well to an animated movie. And it's it's probably going to be, you know, one of the more adult films because you got in that film, you know, Jim Gordon cheating on his wife and he's the protagonist. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, Catwoman's a prostitute and there's like people doing cocaine. And according to Kevin Smith, Batman apparently peed in his pants during one scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> Josh is referring to Batman and uh, Whiting Gear for those of you who don't read the comics, but... Uh, Batman Whitening Gear, number six, pick that up in stores and you can see what he's talking about. Or, or listen to the comic podcast to find out about our reaction. Yes. <laughs> All right, so the, next one, got, yeah. so, so the next one we've got is uh, July 26th. Uh, first showing.net posts up some interesting information based on the Riddler and Batman 3. They had some info come their way that the Riddler is listed as a character for Batman 3. The info was on a casting grid for Batman 3, which is something that the industry uses to list characters and castings that are in some way involved. On this same casting grid that mentions the Riddler as a character for Batman 3, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is listed as interested for the role. As of right now, this is obviously all still rumors, but uh, we do have to remember that exactly four years ago, right before Comic-Con, it was announced that... Heath Ledger was going to be involved in Batman 2. A couple weeks after Comic-Con, Warner Brothers released a press release stating that Ledger would be playing the Joker, and they announced the name of the film. So, obviously, until Warner Brothers confirms or denies this info, it's all still rumors, but if history repeats itself, Joseph Gordon-Levitt could actually be playing the Riddler. Yeah, uh, I'm. You know me. I'm gonna wait and see. So as soon as they say it, and then I'll I'll dive into it as soon as they say yes. Yeah, I didn't think there was a lot of proof with this news piece, but um, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's name's been bandied about for months now, and just uh, mostly because he's involved in Inception. Um, but you know, he'd be a fairly good fit for the Riddler. Um, I actually did a piece for the website on the blog about who I think would be a good Riddler, and I selected a few actors. And um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt would be fine, but, you know, the, to me this is still just a rumour. Um, but I, I will be very, very surprised now if the Riddler is not involved in Batman 3. That's pretty much all I take away from this. Agreed. Yeah, I'm with Apple. I'm just going to add this to the long pile of unconfirmed so far rumours. And every single time there's rumour, they say, ah, oh, but this is from... This Hollywood thing, which is always confirmed, and this Hollywood sheet, you know, is never wrong. But, I mean, who who found the sheet? Who told the story? How do you know where it originated from? So, wait and see. All right, so the last thing we've got is obviously Batman Under the Red Hood was released on July 27th. So if you haven't picked it up, uh, you should go pick it up because it was really good. 
Um, we will, in a future podcast, spend a little bit more time talking about Batman Under the Red Hood as well as we will have a commentary for it coming out in the near future as well. So uh, you can look forward to those, but we want to spend a lot of time talking about Comic-Con, so we need to keep moving along. So speaking of moving along, let's get into TV news. Um, there's not a ton of stuff to go over because, the, except for some things that came out of Comic Con, there's not really, really anything to talk about. Now, on Tuesday, July 13th, uh, Super Friends, um, Super Friends Season One, Volume Two, uh, was released on July 20th, and you can pick that up in stores. And it does have a total of eight episodes on two discs, and. If you're a Super Friends fan, it's a must-have. Uh, you can add it to the giant collection of Super Friends uh, disc sets that you already own. <laughs> yep, and that will be definitely added. Cheesy, but classic. <laughs> All right, so the next thing we've got is actually from San Diego. On July 25th, Warner Brothers held their Batman Brave and the Bold panel, and although there was some sad news to start with, there was some good news to end with. Um, they did announce that uh, Batman Brave and the Bold will only have exactly 13 more episodes coming the next year. Now, that doesn't mean there will only be 13 more new episodes on TV. There's still, I think, 13 more episodes of Season 2 that's supposed to air, and then Season 3 will only consist of 13 episodes. So, total, there will be a total of 65 episodes total. Uh yeah, like they had they had told us. I mean, they're gonna keep us occupied for you know the next year or so. So um, it's not bad, but like how you said, we got some good news afterwards. Yeah. So some of the good news that came out of that was that they did mention that. Uh, well, one thing I do want to keep everybody keep consider is you know Batman Brave and the Bold. It only seems like it hasn't been around that long, and it seems like it's getting canceled. But in reality. It had two seasons that were extended uh, much longer than some of the other animated shows. Uh, Teen Titans and The Batman, two of the most current uh, DC animated TV shows that have been on the air, only had 13-episode seasons. They lasted five years apiece. It, it was because it was only 13 episodes. With Batman Brave and the Bold, the first season was 26 episodes, the second season was 26 episodes, and with the third season being 13, it still ends up being the same amount of episodes. Total is just condensed in a shorter amount of time. Now, some of the things that we did get um, that were announced was that they did say that Batgirl, the Barbara Gordon version, will be in an upcoming episode. Uh, there will be an episode that has a World War II theme, most likely based off of some of those characters we saw in the teaser before with uh, Enemy Ace. Um, despite the fact that the show is closing, we will still see episodes for probably over a year as they still have 13 episodes still to record. And 
specifically Andrea Romano told us that those episodes that they need to record, the animation takes about a year, so we're probably going to be seeing these other 13 episodes between now and probably next spring, since we still have to see those. And then next year, we'll actually, they'll probably still end up having a panel next year, too, for the show. They just won't have anything new to announce. They'll just be talking about whatever else they have. Mm-hmm. Um, they did say that a select number of episodes will ha- will feature musical numbers. They will not be musical episodes, but they will be adding songs in some way, shape, or form to the episodes. Um, specifically, the episode that was shown at the at the uh, panel was the Emperor Joker episode, where the Joker sings a song because it's kind of like a dream slash alternate reality. And he sings a song. So we'll see more songs for those of you who are enjoying, who really enjoy Mayhem of the Music Meister. Mm-hmm. Now, they did show uh, the Emperor Joker episode, which features the first appearance of Harley Quinn, Firefly, and the return of Batmite. And you can also check out a bunch of interviews that we have from uh, James Tucker. Or you can check out an interview that we have from James Tucker talking about uh, some various things. Now, some of the uh, more interesting good news that they announced. The first thing is that they did show the very first footage from Young Justice. Now, this Young Justice show, I gotta say, everything that we've seen and heard, it looks good. It sounds good. I have nothing against this show. This is not Batman Brave and the Bold. This is not Teen Titans. It is basically the sidekicks of the DC Universe getting together, and they are basically a underground uh, black ops team for the Justice League. The, the team consists of uh, Superboy, Robin, Kid Flash, Artemis, and then Aqualad as well. Um, I think there's a couple other people that I'm forgetting, but those are the, the big names that I'm remembering off the top of my head. But they, they go to the, the superheroes of the Justice League and they say to them, we want, you know, we've proved ourselves time and time again. So we want to be taken more seriously. So then what the Justice League decides to do is to have this team, which they're calling the Young Justice, infiltrate and do different things um, that they can't do because they're too prominently known. Now, this doesn't consist in the normal DC universe that we do, but so this takes place on Earth-16. Now, what's interesting is that this will actually tie into things that are going on in the comics in some way. Actually, Aqualad is a new character that we haven't seen up until just now in Brightest Day. But it will actually be explained of who he is, why he's in Young Justice. Even though he's on a completely different Earth, Black Manta is actually his father from the DC continuity that we know. So Black Manta somehow became this character's dad through the different parallel Earths. So, I mean, there's a lot of really cool things. On top of that, they said Batman's going to have a very prominent role in the series. He's kind of going to be like the general of this Black Ops, te- Black Ops team. Uh, Batman will be voiced by Bruce Greenwood, the voice of Batman, Batman Under the Red Hood. So, I mean, there's a lot of things going for this show. It's it's definitely not Batman Braving the Bull. It's not going to be, you know, the, the, the campness that we've gotten uh, almost accustomed to. There, you know, some of us really have wanted the this dark and serious Batman, and I think this is going to be our answer for that. But yeah, also, real quick, oh. real quick, on top of that news, James Tucker also told us in our interview that he's working on a new Batman project, another Batman TV show, which will go back to the dark, serious Batman, but the Batman will actually be, the, really the only thing he has as of right now as far as news is 
he has the fact that uh, Batman will be the the TV show will be in CG. Now they didn't say anything about anything except for it'll be a darker take on Batman and it'll be in CG. But that's that's cool news too. Yeah, the one hit on the the Young Justice that that looked really cool. The way the Batman was uh, kind of giving the orders and you know kind of maintaining the the Young Justice League. I mean that looked awesome, man. But uh, yeah, the when we talked with James Tucker about the new Batman one and he was just really talking about it and how how dark it's going to be and how it's going CGI. I was just like. <gasps> Oh crap! I really want to see like stills of this thing right now. So much TV news at uh, San Diego. But firstly, about Brave and the Bold, I want to say I was very surprised that it's uh, ending. I thought it was doing very well, um, you know, ratings-wise. I thought it was very popular, so I was surprised they decided to bring it to an end. But at least they're going to. I think they'll go out on a high. And um, yeah, as much as I've criticised it now and again, it has made me laugh. So um, I will be a little bit sad to see it go. Uh, Young Justice, before I heard that the Justice League were involved with this, I wasn't that interested. But now that I know they are involved, it's something I am definitely going to watch from the first episode, see how it goes. And the footage we've seen so far looks really, really good. Um, And it's interesting that Bruce Greenwood's going to be reprising his role as Batman. DC clearly thought he was very good in the last film. And James Tucker's... um, new series sounds really interesting um cg show i don't know how that's gonna go um there was one show over here called captain scarlet which was done in a cgi show a few years ago and that you know the effects it was quite a cheap show but the effects were quite impressive and i think you can do a lot more uh impressive stuff with a cgi show i'm sure a batman show will have a lot of money behind it so that'll be very interesting to see but i'm sure that's quite a long way down the line but uh young justice looks good Sad to see Brave and the Bold going. When I hear CGI show, I think of that. Uh, did, does anyone remember that MTV Spider-Man CGI show from about six years ago? Oh, yeah, the animated Spider-Man? The, but it was like CGI, and it was on MTV. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, what? It was okay. That? It was okay. <laughs> Do you I mean, remember that? Best, animation? But it was okay. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm thinking that that in the years since, you know, maybe the craft has been honed a little more. I just don't know how well Batman will translate to CGI, but you know, maybe you know when they pull it out, I'll be like, oh, cool. You know, Brave and the Bold ending. I mean, hey, I mean, I guess it'll make way for another show. Uh, Stella. I love you and everything if you're listening, but I think that if you're going to use a Batgirl on Brave and the Bold, Betty Kane would fit into that world more than Barbara Gordon would, in my opinion. You know, the Betty Kane, like, green and red Batgirl costume. With a, with a handbag. Yeah, yeah the, with, the, only, the only problem with that is that nobody knows who Betty Kane is. Yeah. Oh, oh come <laughs> oh, did you? Okay, they, they used the polka dot man. Mr. Polka dot, the polka dot man. They but know that who. could just be a, a cute kid. They called a kids villain. They called they Mr. Be, they Freeze. They can make that into a toy. They called Mr. Freeze Mr. Zero. They know who Betty Kane is. They'll, 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 they they know the, these obscure stuff. They'll, they could bring her out if they wanted <laughs> no, to. No, no, not them. I'm talking about Betty Kane is not a marketable character. You can make Polka Dot Man or Mr. Zero villains and still make them kid friendly. Nobody's going to be able to sell Betty Kane and say this is Betty Kane backroll. No, everybody, everybody knows Barbara Gordon is Batgirl that would watch a TV show. That's the point. Yeah. But, uh, Stella just, know, like, jumped off of her couch and, like, clapped your name. 
I do want to add one thing though that uh, what was pretty sad about the the Batman Braving the Bold that uh, when we're me and Dust were getting our time to uh, to interview Diedrich Bader, he recognized us, and while he was walking over, he called us the real deal. <laughs> well, that was pretty awesome. Were you guys quite um, shocked by that announcement? Was there any rumors about it leading up to it? Because I thought I, I had know. no idea this show was ending. Me yeah, neither. I was, there was nothing announced that it was going to be ending. It was really the very first thing they said when they got up on stage was, so we had to tell everybody this, but the show will be coming to a close. And then it was like, wow, okay. I mean, <laughs> especially with the, you know, they had a packed room. You know, the panel was all excited to be there. It's one of those things where, and it was real interesting is when we were interviewing the different people, they, they, some people kept mentioning, you know, if there's enough fan outcry, maybe the show will come back. We've seen shows like Futurama and Family Guy come back after being off the air because fans demanded for it to come back. Now, I can't go as far as to say I think fans will demand this show to come back, especially with some of these other projects on the horizon. But at the same time, uh, th- that seemed to be the thing. Like It was almost as if nobody really wanted to not do the project anymore. It was just they decided that the show ran its course and they're going to just you know leave on a high note. Yeah, mm-hmm. which was really weird because they have a video game coming out too. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, maybe the video game will sell well and raise some interest. Regarding... Uh, Young Justice, those who listen to the comic cast know that there are certain writers and people like Fabian who, I mean, I'll get behind him with almost everything that they do if I know that they're on the project, except for when Fabian writes Asriel. And in, in terms of TV, Greg Wiseman, he's one of those people who, like, if I hear he's behind a project, I'm sold. And because he's going to be helming Young Justice, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this series. I know it's going to be great. He did great on Gargoyles and spectacular spider-man and young justice was a I great lo- comic I, I thought gargoyles was awesome when i was a kid so I used to love gargoyles. gargoyles was one of those shows where who knows why it ever got taken off the air because no idea bad timing you know, every every single person i talked to loves that show yep you know it, it was I, I i grew up you know of course you know i was coming up uh going from middle school to high school and the thing was it was at a bad time slot it was just nobody's home watching it you know what i mean when we get home we're not it was a bad it was a bad time slot but when you got to see it reruns again on saturday oh my god they were awesome by the way that's one thing i never liked about the brave and the bold is that the episodes were just all over the place you know there was never any consistency um that was one i think that was cartoon network's fault yeah, hopefully that will change with Young Justice. Yeah, so they did sure, say they don't sure. Have a, so they did say they don't have an official date for Young Justice, but they will be, hopefully, it'll be coming out in November, which is what everybody was saying. They just didn't have an official date to say when it was coming out. All right, the last bit of TV news we have was on July 28th, Warner Brothers announced that Batman Beyond will be collected for the first time as a complete series. It will be available on November 23rd, and... It'll be just like uh, when they released Batman the Animated Series, where it comes in a giant box with uh, you know a nice little book, all the discs for all the shows, as well as uh, bonus content uh, that we haven't seen before. And then uh, the set itself will actually be retail price of uh, about a hundred dollars. So I'm I don't know because the problem is that they haven't announced the dates for all this stuff. 
But given that Batman Beyond the Complete Series is coming out on November 23rd, that's the only thing that they've actually officially announced for November. I'm wondering if the DC Comics uh, documentary will be released as well as that other soundtrack will be released at the same time. And I say this because uh, if you were if you live in the United States and you went to Best Buy the, the week that Batman Under the Red Hood came out, they had this huge display for Batman Under the Red Hood, which, interestingly enough, Batman Under the Red Hood came out the same week as Clash of the Titans. Mm-hmm. Clash of the Titans had a much smaller uh, display. Batman Under the Red Hood was a much larger display where they had not only all the Batman Under the Red Hood in the front, but on the sides of it, they also had every single Batman-related DVD, whether it be Batman Brave and the Bold, Batman Beyond, The Batman, uh, Batman the Animated Series, the Batman live-action films. All that stuff was inside the shipper in the middle of uh, the store, and on top of that, they also had a uh, Batman t-shirt that you could get for $10, uh, that was yellow with the big bat symbol on it. Um, so, I mean, there's all this stuff, and it seemed like they were really hyping it, and it really seemed like Warner Brothers was trying to hype that more than Clash of the Titans, considering, I mean, their display for it was much larger. So, yeah. I have to wonder if they're going to do something similar, and they're going to release a bunch of stuff the same day, DC Comic-wise, in November. I hope so, because that's my birthday month. <laughs> I could get a lot of good stuff. <laughs> it's a good series. I think it it you know it wears out its welcome a little bit towards the end, but um, it's still a very good series. And um, you know, if you haven't checked it out, if you've always been put off maybe a little bit by it, I would say you know check it out. It's really good. It's a really good show. How would Batman and Aquaman talk about the end of the show? <laughs> um. Thanks for coming back to the game, Aquaman. I've got some bad news. <laughs> well, I always know it's bad news if you're bringing me back to the game. No, no, no. You'll keep your clothes on this time. <laughs> All right. So that's going to take us into merchandise news. Um, we do have a couple different things to report. Um, the first thing we've got is on July 7th, Warner Brothers announced that they are teaming with a company called Kids Republic which will bring in a bunch of new apparel to kids based off of their favorite DC Comics uh, characters. Um, you can read the press release on the website. What's really kind of interesting is uh, Warner Brothers actually sent us, also we requested some pictures of the different merchandise, and a lot of the, the, the merchandise that they, they provided pictures of is a lot of the, it seems like the 70s and 80s style uh DC Comics superheroes. Uh, specifically, they have a shirt that says Super. Uh, I'm assuming it actually says Super Powers, but it reminds me of the TV show from the 80s, The Super Powers. I, I wish they would make it for, you know, my size, because I'm not a kid anymore. That was my show, so I would really like to wear it. Is that old uh, Jim Aparo, uh uh, Neil Adams, uh, uh, Jose Luis Garcia, his kind of drawings and stuff. So, yeah, hey, you gotta love that. Alright, so then moving into a bunch of the Comic-Con stuff, uh, we do have pictures from a bunch of different of the booths from Comic-Con that you can take a look at. Uh, we do have pictures from the DC Direct booth, um, the Mattel booth, the Hallmark booth, Toner, the Previews booth, Monogram, and Mezco. As well as a uh, picture from, well, it was at the Warner Brothers booth, um, but it was a picture of a 
Batman and the Red Hood skin for your PSP, which was kind of cool because I didn't see anything about that anywhere. And then it was just sitting in some random case at the Warner Brothers booth. So we do have a picture of that as well. Um, as far as news, there was a panel at San Diego uh, for Mattel and DC. And the news that came out of that that's Batman related. Okay, they did announce that Wave 16 of the DC Universe Classics figures will include a classic Robin with interchangeable heads, a uh, classic Riddler, and a collecting connect uh, figure will be Bane for that set as well. Um, they also announced that there will be a uh, Azrael Batman from you know Nightfall, also in that series as well. Um, Batman Brave and the Bold figures will continue to be made despite the show coming to an end, similar to what we saw with Justice League Unlimited. Uh, the Justice League Unlimited series will feature Scarecrow in a three-pack in 2011. Uh, the Grey Ghost will be appearing in a three-pack featuring the Joker in Joker and Batman in a 90s repaint, basically a repaint based off of the animated series. Uh, we did see this before back at the Toy Fair International, but Polly Pocket will feature Batgirl in a superhero three-pack. Um, Hot Wheels will feature a Brave and the Bold Batmobile as well as the Tumblr having a bat pod for Hot Wheels. The Joker Funhouse bat boat and motorized Batmobile was shown for the Super Friends interaction line. And you can check out some pictures of the uh, different DC Universe classics. They also have they have a bunch of uh, new things that uh, you can check out. They have a repaint of the Joker, which is the Joker... Wearing a black suit instead of a purple suit, which looks really cool. So you can check the pictures of that out. Um, all of the figures that they showed were concepts of the actual figures themselves. They don't have the final versions of the figures considering it's still about a year out before those figures get released. But a ton of stuff coming from Mattel. Yeah, Mattel, Mattel went all out when we were walking around their booth. I was just like, man, this, this looks so good, man. I just wanted like to, like, why couldn't they just sell it right there? Like, whatever they put on in, in the glass cases, just say, okay, it's right for sale over here. Come and pick it up. <laughs> That's what I wanted them to do. Yeah, I think there's some very good figures here. The one that stands out to me would be the Bane. I think Bane looks particularly good. But, uh, you know, it all, it all looks very good to me, and especially that Joker in the black suit as well. But um, some very, very good figures here. I will break you, Batman! And the Bruja! No, Bane. This time, I break you! All right, so then moving into video game news, we have a couple different things to go over. Uh, July 13th, IGN posted up an article uh, about the possibility of a variety of names for the sequel to Batman Arkham Asylum. Um, Super Annutation found 15 different domains that have been registered by Warner Brothers Entertainment. Uh, now, this might be for a viral marketing campaign. It was also thrown out there for possible Batman 3 things. Uh, we don't know exactly what it's for, but this is the list of different websites that have been registered. ArkhamCity.com, Batman Arkham City, Batman Ashes of Gotham.com, Batman Broken Ground.com, Batman New, New Arkham.com, Batman Grand Delusion.com, Batman Rise of Arkham.com, Batman Siege of Gotham.com, Batman State of Villainy.com, City of Arkham.com, Close Arkham City.com, 
peopleforgotham.com, stopmayorsharp.com, warrengothamcity.com, wheresbrucewayne.com. Now, what's interesting about these is those people out there who suggest that it could be about Batman 3, um, Mayor Sharp was the mayor inside of the Batman Arkham Asylum game, so I don't think that has anything to do with the uh, Batman 3. Also, on top of that, the fact that there's so many references to Arkham, Arkham Asylum makes me think it's about Arkham Asylum 2, not Batman 3. Yeah, you know, I, I was wondering the 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 city of ashes one. I, I'm I'm wondering. I want to kind of lean towards that because the way it looked. But I mean, all we're knowing is that the last game was called Arkham Asylum. This one, they can totally change the name to it. You know what I mean? But uh, it was very cool that they, you know, they they were able to find those. Yeah, I'd agree with you there, Apple, because it was it was of Batman Arkham Asylum. So I'm I'm thinking. I don't think Arkham's going to be in the title of this next game, or at least I hope it isn't. I, I think it's going to be, I mean, out of those ones, the one I would pick would be Batman Siege of Gotham. So I think clearly from that trailer, it's going to be all in Gotham. Um, so, yeah, and also I'm, I'm not sure about the Batman 3 relevance. So I think the funniest one is definitely wheresbrucewayne.com. I, wanna, I think that would be a good game. All right, so moving on, July 19th, uh, DC Universe Online revealed that uh, revealed the character uh, renditions of the Joker. Uh, so you can see those out, including screenshots from the game itself. Um, moving into July 19th, DC Universe Online announced the beta registration. Apple's going to tell us about that. Uh, the beta registration is that on the beta registration, guys, they're going to have it for PC and PS3. Now, PC, if you're an MMO gamer, you know the majority of a beta that comes out for uh, for participation is always going to go to the masses of PC first. So PC is going to come through, and the next wave will go ahead and be the PS3. Now, you actually have to go to DC Universe online.com to go ahead and register if you want to go ahead and do it for pc or ps3 and i recommend that you do it right away as soon as you hear this because we don't know when beta starting there's rumors right now but uh the sooner that you can put it in the sooner that you can try to get into the beta yeah so it's definitely something to keep in mind uh, but apple I'm, I'm not an expert on uh, mmos but won't they want to try and get a good um experience of the beta on uh PS3 as well. I mean, you say they're going to pick PC people over PS3 people. Uh, they'll do PC first because uh, the majority of the community that has played MMOs is all PC. So there's a little thing in the community. If you played PC games, you know that when a beta is coming out, that you try to go try it out. No matter if you belong to another MMO, you go try that out. You go try out all the bugs, the little things that you can do, like the double hits and the double slam that's not meant to happen they want you to tell them about that and report it because pc mmo gamers are used to it now ps3 gamers once they get it they were it, they don't really they they pretty much know how a console goes but the pc gamers actually go through and really test out everything every nook they report everything because this is the this this is the that type of of a community that has tested out PC, so yeah, the majority is always going to be PC when it comes to MMO. Well, I've, I've signed up as a PS3 owner. I hope they pick me though. Me too. <laughs> Alright, so the next thing that we have is on uh, July 21st, uh, DC Universe Online also announced that uh, some of their uh, voice cast, 
And Kevin Conroy will be voicing Batman as well as uh, Mark Hamill will be voicing the Joker. Now, they did get some other names out there as far as Adam Baldwin will be doing Superman. Uh, Gina Torres will be doing Wonder Woman. James Marsters will do Lex Luthor. Uh, Michelle Forbes is Cersei. So those are some interesting uh, choices. I mean, it's good to see that uh, despite the fact that Mark Hamill keeps saying he's not going to play the Joker, he continues to play the Joker. Yeah, and you know he talked about it right there in the panel too. So I mean, we can talk more about that in in the the San Diego stuff. But uh, another interesting another interesting character that has been also named. I can't remember his name. Oh, gosh, I wish I could remember it. But uh, for any video game fans that have played Prince of Persia, uh, the guy who voiced that will be voicing Nightwing also in DC mm. Universe Online. Yeah, I think with uh, with Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, it's great to have them back. Uh, we, as we've said before, Mark Hamill at some at one point said he didn't want to do it anymore. I think uh, I think he's enjoying it, and I think every time someone offers him the job, it looks like he's going to keep taking it. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that when we get to the uh, San Diego talk because yeah, he specifically he mentioned why he keeps doing them. Yep. As as far as I'm concerned, they can give the jobs to Conroy and Hamill as much as they want, because those are my iconic <laughs> Batman and Jokers. Exactly. Yeah. They can do I, no wrong. I mean, yeah. do they, I see people on some websites going, oh, you know, it's time for some new blood. It's time for the next generation's iconic Batman and Joker. But I'm going to be the grumpy person of yesteryear saying, no, you know, I want my Batman and my Joker. <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, you can always, you know, come to uh, the BatmanUniverse.net and look at the interviews that we got with them. All right. So then um, also on July 21st, Warner Brothers released a new uh, sort of trailer for Batman Brave and the Bold, the video game. So you can check that out on the website. Um, while we were in San Diego, we did have a chance to have uh, a walkthrough of the Batman Brave and the Bold video game. You can check out the video on YouTube or on the website. Um while we were in San Diego, the Friday night, uh, DC Universe Online released a trailer for, uh, well, a cinematic trailer. And boy, oh boy, if you didn't, if you were kind of questioning whether or not you were going to buy this game, if you see this trailer, you're, you're, you will have your questions answered about whether or not to buy it. Oh my God, it was so awesome. Oh my God, I couldn't hold it in. Man, <laughs> Dust, did you see the bat symbol on his chest? Oh my yeah. God! I, I, we're, see, we're speculating at, at the DCO Unlimited is that 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 symbol, that kind of armor, is what you're gonna get at your level cap. Once you meet the maximum level, they said that you're gonna get I, gear from the person that you based your character off of. So if we base ourselves off of Batman, it looks like that we're gonna kind of get that kind of armor at 75. So I mean, well, 50, 75, or 99, whatever they say at. So oh my God, I can't wait! And the Flash looked freaking awesome. Yeah, it was. It's one of the most awesome video game trailers I've ever seen, and it was so long as well. It went on for ages, and I was enjoying every minute of it. Um, it was great to see the DC universe in action, and and as you were saying, Dustin, you know, I, I'm going to get this game, but I was unsure what to expect from it, you know, for the last year or two. And this trailer really showed me, you know, this is going to be a really fun game. Here's the story. It's really good, and enjoy. And it had such a great start. And, yeah, fantastic trailer. Um, and if you have not seen it yet, get over there and, you know, get your money ready for uh, November. Yeah, and on top of that, if you're a Batman fan you don't know, 
you're asking yourself, well, you know, I don't really like the whole DC Universe, you know, why should I buy this game if it's more about the entire DC Universe more so than Batman? Well, you should be checking out an interview that we did with Chris Kale, one of the game designers on DC Universe Online. Uh, it's on the website, it's on YouTube, it's probably actually one of the most viewed interviews that we did in San Diego, surprisingly, because he's not somebody that you would think people would re- you would think that people would rather see our interview with Jim Lee, but this is actually the interview that everybody's been watching. Um, Chris Kale talked to us. We asked him specifically what Batman fans can expect from this game, and he just gave us all kinds of information about what we can expect from this game. If you're a Batman fan, you don't necessarily have to go and, you know, work with uh, the Justice League. You could actually work based in Gotham. Uh, you can work underneath Batman. Uh, he did say that there's a bunch of missions that Batman will have you do where you're fighting against different Batman villains. And it made, it, like, everything that he said, I mean, this is, I have to say, and I'll, I'll talk about this later, he's probably one of the best people we interviewed because he's so enthusiastic about the project that everything that he said about, you know, what you're going to be able to do with Batman and how you can work with Batman, it was just amazing. So, I mean, if you're a Batman fan, you're on the fence just because you're not sure what to do because, you know, well, it's not Batman Arkham Asylum and it's more about the DC Universe Online, you need to watch this video because it could change your entire thought process about this game. You know what, Dustin? I'm going I'm to add on to yours. If you never played an MMO... These video games are massive. That means Gotham City is going to be like a real city. It's going to be just so huge that in the, man of, the, the amount of time that you play this video game, I guarantee you that you can play this game for almost a year and never even go into Metropolis because the game is going to be that huge. It's going to have large amount of stories in Gotham City. It's just going to blow your mind. Welcome to an MMO. That's what it's about. Yeah, that trailer was playing um, during one of the fan events that we went to um, on a continuous loop. And there was people stopping in front of these uh, TV screens. And they were just enthralled. They were sitting down and they were watching this. They looked like, you know, adults and kids alike. But the adults, they were looking at this thing like a kid would look at a Saturday morning cartoon. Their eyes were glued to the TV the whole time. And this trailer, if you haven't seen it, it will sell you on the game. And it was wise of them to be playing that on the loop because that's the best promotion that they could have come up with for the game ever. Mm-hmm. My greatest triumph was at hand. The final campaign in my long war against Superman. While his powers were drained from constant battle, I struck, luring him from his self-imposed exile. But my obsession had blinded me to the real threat, to Earth's true enemy. What's this? Nobody kills the bat but me! Call him! Bring him to me! I beat you! Brainiac had returned. For years, he'd been stealing the powers of Earth's protectors, but we were too busy fighting amongst ourselves to see the danger. 
With you three dead, Brainiac quickly eliminated the remaining heroes. The lucky ones died fighting. Finally, I alone survived. A rat in the walls of the Brainiac construct. I have traveled through time to warn you. This is my past, but your future. And it means the end of humanity, so together, we must change it! What have you done, Luthor? Given you a fighting chance. He's lying. It's some kind of trap. Why should we trust you? Because if you don't, Earth is doomed. And now a message from our sponsors. Hello, how would you like to win prizes celebrating DC Comics' 75th anniversary? Well, the BatmanUniverse.net, along with Warner Brothers Digital Distribution, has teamed up to bring you some great prizes. Celebrate 75 years of DC Comics with film and TV series inspired by some of the most popular superheroes, including Batman, Superman, and other iconic DC Comics characters. To celebrate this milestone, Warner Brothers Digital Distribution is highlighting dozens of movies and shows that are available for download on iTunes and WBShop.com, along with others, and via cable, on-demand, on Comcast, Time Warner Cable, and others. With on-demand and download, fans can watch their DC favorites virtually anytime, anywhere. Highlights include the blockbuster film The Dark Knight, with extras on iTunes, all Superman movies, and full-length DC Universe animated original movies including Green Lantern, First Flight, Batman Under the Red Hood, Superman Doomsday, and more. Individual episodes and complete seasons of fan-favorite DC-inspired TV series are also available for download in high definition, including the complete series of Smallville, Human Target, and Batman the Brave and the Bold. All you have to do to win... The great prize is, is send an email to contest at thebatmanuniverse.net telling us what DC Comics character you want to be seen made into a film or TV series. It does not have to be a character within the Batman universe, and it could be someone considered unpopular, like the Ten-Eyed Man. Send your responses to us no later than August 15th. The most creative responses will be picked. We will pick two winners, and Warner Brothers will send you one of the two prizes that you can see on the editorial section of thebatmanuniverse.net. Also, keep in mind that we may use your ideas to post on the site, and that your name will be linked to the idea. Good luck, and celebrate DC Comics' 75th anniversary with us and Warner Brothers. Alright, so that's pretty much all the news we've got. Uh, let's get into our spotlight character, and then we'll talk some more about... Uh, We'll talk some more about San Diego. Our uh, spotlight character for this episode is Boss Maroney. Um, so, kind of quick one, uh, won't be too long. On Earth 2, Boss Maroney was a man on trial for the murder of Bookie Benson the day Harvey Kent's life changed. As, Batman's, as Batman testified, Maroney interrupted, demanding proof of his involvement. Kent produced the two-headed silver dollar that was known to be Maroney's trademark. Maroney then doused Kent with acid, scarring his face and twisting his mind into the persona of Two-Face. This was in Detective Comics number 66 from August 1942. On the Earth formed after Crisis on Infinite Earths, Salvatore Vincent Maroney was a member of Gotham City's Maroney crime family, then headed by Luigi Big Lou Maroney. 
The Moronis rivaled the Falcons, led by Carmen the Roman Falcon, when Batman first appeared in Gotham City. Big Lou was killed by the serial killer Holiday, and the Falcones seemed to swallow up the Moroni crime family. At a charity ball, industrialist Norman Madison encountered Moroni. His business in trouble, Madison later sought out Moroni and borrowed $3 million at 30% interest in Batman and the Monster Men in 2006. When it was time to make the first payment, Madison brought a gun, but Moroni proved a faster draw. The two men were interrupted when one of Hugo Strange's monsters broke him, attempting to kill the criminal. Batman intervened, telling Madison to flee and saving Moroni from the beast. He grabbed the mobster and informed him that Madison's debt was cancelled. Unaware of Batman's good deed, an increasingly desperate Madison tried to do the honorable thing and pay off his debt to Moroni. This was in Batman and the Mad Monk from October 2006. Refusing to take no for an answer, Madison sought out the Roman, but this only angered Falcone, who ordered Moroni to make the problem go away. In a final act, Madison faced off with Moroni and shot the man missing. Moroni's bodyguards were more accurate, killing Madison. This was also in the last issue of Batman and the Mad Monk from 2007. South subsequently made a deal with District Attorney Harvey Dent to gain leniency if he revealed all he knew on, of the Falcone's criminal, criminal activities. The truth was, South suspected Dent of being, being Holiday and wanted a chance at vengeance. As the trial began, Moroni received stomach medicine from Dent's assistant, Vernon Field. The bottle actually contained acid, which Moroni flung into Dent's face in the courtroom. Sal was shot twice by a bailiff as he attempted to flee. This was in Batman, The Long, Hallow the Long Halloween, uh, issue 12, November 1997. Moroni was eventually tracked and killed by Holiday, who was not Dent, but Alberto Falcone, son of the Roman. And as we know, uh, versions of Moroni have appeared, uh, did appear obviously in the most recent Batman film, The Dark Knight, um, as well as uh, Batman Forever. We did see a little bit of Moroni splashing the acid on Harvey Dent's face. So that is Boss Moroni. Someone must have stepped up to run the so-called family. Is that man in this courtroom today? Could you identify him for us, please? You win, Counselor. I have a sworn statement from you that this man, Salvatore Moroni, is the new head of the Falcone crime family. Now let's get into our San Diego discussion. So what we're going to do is we're just going to go over uh, kind of what we did from Wednesday on, and we'll talk about some different things. Um, and then Nick, since Nick wasn't there, Nick will be like the outside source that asks us questions that you guys might wonder and that he wonders, and then we'll answer those questions as well as we go. So Wednesday um, was the day that the convention started as far as preview night started uh, in the evening on Wednesday night. Um, and basically the big thing for Wednesday night was going around, checking out... Uh, some various different things on the floor, seeing what's there, kind of getting a feel of where everything was situated. 
but after that, we actually did end up having a Batmeet 2010 where we had a, some people show up who were fans of Batman and fans of the website. But we did have, we ended up meeting at uh, Dick's Last Resort, and what was interesting was uh, the, the the Dark Knight actually was playing on one of the movie screens in there, which was kind of interesting. Um, we probably will not be holding our uh, bat meet next year at Dick's Last Resort. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, that was that was Wednesday night. So then, moving into Thursday, uh, we did have a little bit of time in the morning where we didn't have as much going on. We did go to the DC Nation kickoff panel. Uh, Josh and I actually interviewed Jip Kid um, about his various Batman books in the past, as well as his upcoming comic. Uh, that he's been working on with DC, which you can learn more about that in the comic cast. Uh, uh, there was a Batman Widening Gear panel. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> which we won't even talk about because that's not really anything related to what we cover on this cast. Uh, well, I, after- I will say Kevin Smith was there, and he didn't even know who the characters were in his book. He called Silver St. Cloud Vicky Vale six or seven times, and during the Q&A, I finally said to him, Hey, um... Vicky Vale's not in my book. Why are you calling Silver St. Cloud Vicky Vale? And he turned to everyone else at the panel, and he's like, how come no one stopped me? How come no one's been correcting me? Then he turns around and he says, sorry, guys, I'm high. <laughs> Did you actually ask that joking. question? I actually yeah, he, asked that question. That, that may not have been the exact wording, but yes, I asked that question. Wow, good response from Kevin Smith there. <laughs> All right, uh... Uh, so then there was the widening gear. Apple and I went and did the uh, walkthrough for Batman Brave and the Bold. Uh, we went to a uh, spotlight panel for Jeff Johns, which was quite interesting. We saw some Blue Beetle footage. Um, we did hear that uh, Cass Kane could be getting some uh, recognition outside of comics in the future, but they didn't say as to what. He just said not in comics. Uh, we did go to the DC 75th anniversary panel, and then also we had the uh, we were able to interview... Denny O'Neill, Len Wein, Jim Lee, and Gregory Novak for uh, the DC animated or the DC 75th anniversary documentary, and then the DC 75th anniversary documentary premiered that night as well. I really, I really liked the. That was a good day. I really, I really liked the, the panels that we went through, and the. I love the interviews that we did. They were really solid. Is the oh, first yeah, day. I assume it's still busy, but it's not quite as busy as when it gets to Friday and Saturday. You know, everything well, no, was pretty, everything was pretty was evenly spread out during the entire convention. It, it wasn't like last year. Last year, there was, I think, one or two things on Thursday, and then everything was on Friday, and then we only had the DC Universe stuff on Saturday. <laughs> this year, everything was a little bit more spread out evenly, which was nice. It gave a little bit more free time than we had last year. Plus, we have more help this time, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was my first uh, time in doing San Diego Comic-Con. So when I walked in Thursday, I I knew it was going to be – I knew there was going to be a lot of people. But when I saw, like, some of the stuff and the schedule and all the people that were going to be there in the big room, I mean, and I'm OCD. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to see everyone. And I just saw all this stuff. And, like, I said to my friend, I think I'm going to faint. I'm so overwhelmed, man. This is This is all so much. This is awesome. Yeah, that's what me and Dustler learned last year is that you can't do everything. <laughs> some things get cut out, oh, some things God. you can't attend, which sucks. So, yeah, that's the only thing that's really a downfall is that there's so many things going on that 
you almost wish that you know there was more conventions that were just as big as Comic Con, so that way you know you had more chances. Because I mean, I would love to you know stand in line at the DC Comics booth and get some you know maybe get an autograph from Grant Morrison or something on one of the books that he did. But to do that, you've got to you know you got to stand there for an hour in line and wait for it and. <laughs> Then that hour that you spend doing that, you could have been doing something else, like going to a panel for your favorite TV show or something like that. And I mean, almost every popular TV show nowadays has a panel at Comic-Con, and they do decent stuff as far as showing new footage from the upcoming season or answering questions that you've always wondered. So, I mean, there's always something going on. So, I mean, even if you have... I mean, we, we all know that everyone says Hollywood's taking over Comic-Con, and it gets more evident every single year. But I think this year, I mean, as far as our coverage, there was just as much stuff about comics that we we covered than there there was about the other forms of media that have to do with Batman. The yeah, sad I thing, mean, Batman, Cal, Batman, I was going to say that oh, Batman was uh, well represented, you know what I mean, within the panels and everything. We were so busy. I, I mean, I totally missed the Shazam panel. I missed the, the Green Lantern panel. But, I mean, it's just because there was a more Batman stuff to cover, which is good for us. The sad thing about what Dustin said about Hollywood taking over Comic-Con, I mean, it's pretty much true because on Sunday, which I know I'm going to ahead of myself with Sunday, but I was waiting in line for a Family Guy panel and I was with, you know, for an hour and I was with these two kids who must have been like 13 years old and uh, they were just talking about like the different lines and stuff and oh, it was Saturday, not Sunday. And they said to me, who's Stan Lee? And I'm thinking these are two oh. kids in San Diego Comic-Con. If you are at Comic-Con, and you do not know who Stanley is. What is? Well, what are you doing here? Yeah, that's, that's pretty pathetic. Yeah. All right. So that was Thursday. Uh, pretty interesting day. I mean, I think I would probably put the uh, the, the 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 best thing that I was involved with was the uh, the, the press time for the DC seventy uh, fifth anniversary documentary because that was. I mean, we did get some really good interviews from that, and you can obviously, like I said, check those out on the website. And I and I did not stay to watch the the, the film um, Apple and Josh did, but I'm really looking forward to that film just based on everything they told me and everything I've read online. It sounds like it's going to be a really good documentary. Yeah, and, and give it up to uh, to Dustin's wife because she was pregnant there at Comic Con with all those people. Yeah, you can't really blame Dust for not being there. <laughs> Your your wife was there too, Apple. You both had like you know good Comic Con wives who were following you around and everything. And you know, I I didn't see them complaining or whatever. Yeah, but Dustin's was pregnant. So. I know. <laughs> Mine was just carrying stuff like a baby. <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm thinking, man, I got I got to find a wife who will like you know go to Comic Con with me and follow me around without complaining, you know. Oh, I think Dustin will, will agree with me. They they still go to do get to go do their thing. Oh yeah, Dustin. Oh yeah. Work. I mean, let's think about this. My my wife my wife spent uh, a good majority of Thursday or Friday. I think it was Thursday at uh, the Showtime panels. A lot of the Showtime shows, Dexter and Weeds and all those shows. And then on Saturday she went and saw Glee. So I mean, there's still things that girls can go do or wives can go do without having to be all about comics. There's still stuff there for them, which makes it interesting for them too. It's not like they're just you know following us around like little puppy dogs or anything. Yeah, it, it's just usually me and Dust just like stressing because I mean my wife was running around over there looking at those vampire books and those little vampire panels that they have and stuff. So they got theirs while we were working. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so moving on to Friday. Uh, the first thing we had was the Batman Brave and the Bold panel. Uh, then we had uh, the Mattel DC panel. We had some press time for Batman Brave and the Bold. Uh, we went to the DC Focus for Grant Morrison. We had the Batman Return panel. Uh, then we had a press tour of the DC Universe games. We had a walkthrough of the game, which they showed us the play the the PVP. Uh, where you can actually play as Batman versus the Joker, which was kind of cool. Uh, there was a DC Nation panel we attended, as well as the then the Batman Under the Red Hood press event, which was really good because there was a ton of people who showed up from that for that. Uh, Bruce Greenwood, the voice of Batman, was there. The voice of Joker, John DiMaggio, was there. The voice of Robin, Vincent Morello, was there. Uh, they had Judd Winnick, the writer. They had Brian Brandon Vietti, the director. I mean, they had Bruce Tim was there, Andrew Romano. I mean, they had a lot of people for that press event. So I got to say, uh, throw it out to the guys at Warner Brothers for making you know, all those people available for interviews. And then, obviously, they had the Batman Under the Red Hood premiere, followed by some announcements for DC Universe animated films coming out in the next year. So not only do we have Superman Batman Apocalypse, but they also announced that in the spring we will have All-Star Superman Followed by Green Lantern 2. Uh, well, it's not Green Lantern 2. It's Green Lantern Emerald, Emerald Knights. Yeah, Emerald yeah. Knights, which we'll talk about various uh, different Green Lanterns. And then uh, then we have next fall, we have Batman Year One. So as far as what I would say my favorite thing for this was, oh, uh, man, it's hard. I, I'd have to – it would be probably a toss-up between the interviews for Batman Under the Red Hood and the young, and the Batman Brave and the Bold panel, just because we saw the Emperor Joker uh, episode, and we saw that first footage of uh, Young Justice, and I swear, it really makes it sound like I'm just really hyping this, but I, it's it's completely justified. I mean, this show really does look really good. And I'm oh, really man. excited about seeing this. Yeah, I, I got your back on that. That's that thing looks just so amazing. It doesn't it doesn't even look like a, a campy cartoon. So yeah, it's guys just trust us. When it comes out, you're gonna have to look at it. But the the Batman under the Red Hood panel, oh man, that was that was a that was good, man. When when we got those interviews from them, oh man, it was just good. It was just dude. Really you have good. to tell them what what John DiMaggio told you. <laughs> Well, John John DiMaggio hugged me and thanked me for get, for him getting a role. <laughs> John DiMaggio has accredited, accredited Apple for getting the role of the Joker in Under the Red Hood. <laughs> yeah, because I, I explained the story uh, to Andrea Romano and I explained the story to uh, to John DiMaggio, and he was just totally ecstatic. He thinks I gave him a good jinx, and uh, <laughs> oh, man, he was he gave me plenty of hugs, and it was just awesome. And, and at the end of the Under the Red Hood screening, Apple Apple got a special mention in the credits for casting. So, <laughs> They're going to fit it in. <laughs> Consulting casting director, Apple. Yeah. What was the uh, atmosphere like at the Under the Red Hood uh, premiere? Oh, that was... Uh, the audience loved it. Everyone was laughing at, you know, the Joker and Black Mask uh, interplay. You know, for those who haven't seen the movie yet, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to get too spoiler-heavy, but... I mean, it was great, and there was cheering afterwards, and the cast came out, and they had a question-and-answer session, and, you know, when they were doing voices and stuff and talking about it, it, it was a great time. The movie got a very good response. Yeah, let's not um, spoil like, it, because we got something planned for that, right, Dust? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, 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 and the press event for the movie was great, and, um, you know, they're talking to all these people, and uh, 
um, Apple's talking to Vincent Martell, and then, like, I find out after he talks to him, like, I, I didn't know. I'm like, oh, that's the voice of Phineas from Phineas and Ferb. I watch that with the kids all the time. I wish I would have known. I would have gone up and, like, you know, got an autograph or something, but I got it at the um, Under the Red Hood uh, screening uh, picture with him that I sent to some of the kids back home, and they love that. All right, so moving on to Saturday... Oh, actually, just quick, I wanted to ask, um, what was the Grant Morrison panel like? I bet that was quite an interesting one. Uh, well, I mean, there was – which one? There was the Grant Morrison panel, and then uh, there was the Batman The Return panel, which was basically also known as Grant Morrison Panel 2. Part 2? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe the Return of Batman one, then. Okay, well, the Grant Morrison panel itself, I mean, there were some questions that people asked. I mean, there were some questions that were asked about other things besides Batman. Um, but uh, some of the things, like, he verified some different thoughts and rumor, not rumors, but, like, plot threads that were, like, hanging out there. Like, in the beginning of Batman uh, and Robin number 13, was that a dream sequence? Whose dream sequence? What was that? And he, he kind of cleared up some things that, like, maybe not weren't the best explained. Um, but at Batman the Return panel, it almost seemed like every single question that was asked was either directed specifically to him or a question that only he could answer. So, like, it made me start to understand why Grant Morrison doesn't come to every single convention with those guys is because it's all about Grant Morrison when he shows up. And I, and I, and I saw that because there were so many people on the Batman the Return panel... Uh, and when I say Batman the Return, I'm talking f uh, for those people who don't know. I'm talking about the the comic panel that they had for Batman. Um, they had so many different people on that panel that were involved with all the different Bat books. But the only downfall about it was that the people that were involved had barely had anything to talk about. I mean, there were some people out there that didn't get any questions asked and just sat there. And then it made me remember when uh, we we talked to Dustin Wynn last year. Uh, at Comic Con, and he he mentioned that uh, when he's up at those panels, he almost falls asleep because he has nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, uh, I, one thing. Well, a couple of notes real quick about the the Batman Returns panel. One, I didn't know Grant Morrison was that funny because he he doesn't come off as a funny guy, but he he was really pretty funny. And uh, he's Scottish, right? That he's yeah, right, he's and when yeah. another Scottish guy came up to him, he goes, "All oh, right." He goes, "I can't usually understand these people, but good thing I can understand you." And the Scottish guy asks, answers yeah. his asks his question, and then Graham Morrison comes back and says, "What?" <laughs> so that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. But uh, the amazing thing to me was that you have Paul Dini up there with him. Paul Dini doesn't even get a question till almost the whole thing's already over. And the question he gets is, oh, Mr. Dini, I really love Batman Arkham Asylum. <laughs> that was like the funniest thing ever. They brought out Paul Dini, you know, uh, <laughs> Brian Q. Miller, Gail Simone. I, they had so many people there. It was, I mean, uh, Grant Morris. There, there, was even, there was even more people that were unannounced that were even going to be there that were there. Yeah. That was, was really good. I don't think Gail Simone was announced, and I thought that that was uh, pretty cool. It, that was I, almost almost all the A-listers for the current Batman titles. I mean, that was that was pretty exciting to have them all there. Yeah, I, I wish that there would have been what Grant Morrison had this running joke that every single panel that he went to because he told a joke during his spotlight panel about Alfred, uh, you know, uh, in the Schumacher movies about how like. 
when Alfred says, I took the liberty, sir, you know, and he sewed Robin's, you know, suit, and he's like, how, how did how did he do that? That thing was, you know, leather, and, you know, why did Alfred add the nipples? And I, I can't do it. It's, it's this whole bit that he did. And they asked him to repeat it at the next three or four panels he was at. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. And, and, and they said right off the bat at the Batman, uh, the return panel, like, don't ask us any questions about the new movie. We don't know anything about the new movie. So you can just tell they were dreading that. That, you know, some, some, some fan who didn't know anything was going to come up, uh, who do you think's going to be Riddler in the new uh, Batman movie? Yeah. All right, uh, speak, so... Speaking of which, actually, did you get much Batman 3 uh, rumors or were there any, any questions at all or were most people staying away from it or did DC even mention it at all? Well, speaking of that, um, Jeff Johns, who's this creative officer, chief creative officer for DC Entertainment now. Um, I mean, he talked about a, ver- a variety of different projects that were in the works for TV and movies and stuff. Did he give any specific things? No. He didn't say a thing about Batman. I think because the the reality with Batman is that it's on its own little track. They're not going to mess with it. They're not going to have anything to do with it except for the fact that just let it go its course that it's already on. Um now, on Saturday, I did go to the WB panel in the morning, and uh, they sh- Green Lantern was shown. Um, the first footage from Green Lantern was shown. They had the cast there, uh, and Jeff Johns also was at that panel. And nobody really asked any questions about Batman. Now, someone did. I remember. I think someone did ask a question about um, will there be you know will there be a uh, a Justice League movie. And I think Jeff Johns was the one who answered and said, uh, "We think we we find it more important to build these characters into their own individual characters without doing a combined Justice League film." So, in other words, despite the fact that a couple of years back they wanted to do a Justice League film, now they're more concentrating on they're concentrating more on building these characters up by, by themselves. If they do a Justice League film way into the future, fine, but they're not planning that. They want to do Green Lantern, make its own uh, franchise by itself. Uh, as far as Batman 3, that was like the closest thing that came to Batman at all. Um, the Warner Brothers panel, I mean, no offense to Warner Brothers, it really seemed not that great because they did Green Lantern, which that was good. That was right away. Uh, the panel was an hour and a half long. They showed some footage from the new Harry Potter film, and then they showed this footage from this new Zack Snyder film called Sucker Punch, but it didn't really seem like they announced anything that had anything to do with any of their other films that are coming out in the next, you know, year, except for these three films. It was almost like, well, what else do you have? That's it? I mean, I was kind of hoping that we could hear something about Batman. I didn't expect to hear anything about Batman, but maybe even something where someone just comes out from, you know, maybe Jeff Johns comes out and answers some questions about some of the DC stuff, like, okay, so Green Lantern's being made, we we know Batman's happening, do you have anything about that? Do you have anything about Superman? Is there any other DC projects that are, you know, currently in development or something like that? It would have been nice because it almost seemed like everything Warner Brothers was trying to do was really trying to, like, hype the DC 75th anniversary, but then at the same time, when it came to their Warner Brothers, or, you know, the film panel... They had the thing about Green Lantern, but they had an opportunity where they could have released some more information about some other things. And honestly, I think ultimately what ended up happening was Marvel did a much better job with their panel and announcing different things than Warner Brothers did with theirs. 
Yeah, I mean, but also, I mean, look at the individuals that they have working on Batman and Superman. They're kind of hushed, so everybody, we kind of know that, right? They kind of trained us, uh, not only fans, but media that, hey, you know, it's going to be ready when Christopher Nolan says something. Right. And and as a little side note, what did you think of uh, the Green Lantern the footage that you saw? I thought it was really good. Um, I wish it was a little bit longer. I think it was maybe about a minute and a half at the max. But like the first half of it was uh, you hear Mark Strong's voice um, in the background and you see this green light flashing. And he's he's basically talking to you as if you are a possible Green Lantern and he's trying to train you. And he's saying, you know, look into the light. If the light grows larger, then you have the possibility of becoming a Green Lantern. And then we cut to... A series of different shots where we saw uh, Ryan Reynolds. We didn't actually see him in the suit moving around, but we did see him getting the ring, standing over Evan Sar's body. We saw Hector Hammond standing over Evan Sar's body. We see Hector Hammond have a giant head. Uh, they didn't show Sinestro. Uh, they did not show. Uh, they showed Blake Lively, who's going to be playing Carol Ferris. Um, they did show one scene real quick where Ryan Reynolds is got a bunch of thugs that are, I guess, are trying to beat him up or something out of nowhere. He, like, thinks about a fist, and you see a green fist pop out of the ring and throw these guys through a wall, which was kind of cool. There wasn't that much, really, to, like, really talk about. That was the only thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everything I saw was good, but we didn't see him in, in, in the costume moving around. We didn't see Sinestro. All these other Green Lanterns that they've talked about, we didn't see at all. So, I mean... There's something I, you know, one thing I got to say is probably more Green Lantern stuff we can expect either next year at C2E2 or at uh, WonderCon because I think that's where we're going to see a lot more of more stuff. I'm sure a trailer will come out with Harry Potter, but uh, besides that, I mean, good stuff. Uh, just I wish there was more. That was the only catch. Cool. All right. So also on Saturday we had uh, we did do a little thing for. Uh, DC Showcase. Now, DC Showcase, as we know, are the little, about 10-minute clips at in the special features for various different characters. So we had the Spectre with Justice League Christ on Tours. We had Jonah Hex with Batman Under the Red Hood. We're going to have a Green Arrow one with uh, Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. And then this November, hmm, November, again, uh, they're going to be releasing a combination disc with all three of those, along with a 23 or 25-minute uh, short about Superman and Shazam called Superman Shazam, The Return of Black Adam, which could be pretty interesting. That's also coming out in November. So I really am starting to think that November, something's going to happen. It's all going to be on the same day. But um, the they had a press event for this, and they had... Um, a variety of different people there involved. They had Joe Lansdale, the writer of the Jonah Hex short. They had uh, Greg Wiseman, who wrote the Green Lantern short. They had Thomas Jane, who voiced Jonah Hex. Oh my, um, did they have Thomas Jane? <laughs> they had Bruce Tim, uh, obviously the executive producer. So they had a variety of different people there for to, you know to represent these. We did that. Then they uh, actually went... And had a panel for DC Showcase where they showed the Jonah Hex uh, footage. And then they talked about that. Uh, then there was the DC Universe Online panel we went to. And Mark Hamill was actually present for that. 
Um, then we went to the DC Universe press event, um, which was at a hotel away from Comic-Con. Um, but that was there, and that's where we talked to Chris Kao. Um, and then there was, and then that night we finished off with the DC Universe uh, online fan event, also at the hotel. So as far as my favorite thing from that day, it would probably be the fan event. Uh, the fan event, I mean, nobody can complain about uh, free food, free drinks, um, and watching the DC Universe online trailer over and over and over again. That thing will never get old. Yeah. Um, the DCO, just the, the whole DCO part of that day, I was just so excited because I mean I'm just so excited for this video game. But uh, the fan event, they went all out. Uh, loved doing the interviews that we had, and uh, I can't I can't speak more about the game. It's just gonna be awesome. It's gonna blow DC comic fans' minds away. If you haven't played a video game, it's gonna blow you away. Apple has the hookup, guys. Like you do not know, Apple has the hookup because. For the fan event, there's this line going out the door. I mean, it's like a nightclub. There's, like, this bouncer at the door, and he's, like, checking everyone's, you know, letting people come in as people are going out. And I'm going to the front of the line, and, you know, I'm starting to talk to the guy, and Apple's walking by, and he's like, hey, he's with me. So the guy opens the door. He's like, oh, you're with Apple. You can come in. You're you're cool. (laughs) And then, like, I'm looking back at this, like, line of people who I just went in front of, and he's like, oh, you're with Apple. You're good. (laughs) Why couldn't you just say that they had good ice cream, man? <laughs> Dude, then people got to know. You got the hook. Like, I'm not going to forget that. <laughs> oh, yeah, but then their ice cream was good. It was good, man. Everything was good. They had ice cream. They had pizza. They had all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, the ice cream was probably the best part about that. Um, Did you guys get so- a chance to meet um, Kevin Conroy or Mark Hamill? Kevin Conroy was not there. Mark Hamill was at the panel. Uh, he did not go to the fan event, and he didn't go to the press event either. He was just basically there for the panel. Now, Apple did get a chance to talk to Mark Hamill. Yeah, I did talk to him. I told him that uh, that we had the the Batman universe, and uh, we had, like, you know, we were total Batman nut boys. We were total fanboys. And uh, while he was waiting to go into the room, and then I mentioned our other website, the DCO Unlimited, that we're coming to the video game, and he goes, oh, he goes, so I bet you're excited I wore this jacket. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. And I was like, man, you know, finally got to talk to Mark Hamill, and he's wearing a Batman animated series jacket, which was so cool. And uh, then they rush him all because, I mean, Mark Hamill is not only sought out. Of course, we see Mark Hamill as, oh, the Joker, but for Star Wars fans, they just come, they, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were at the DCO panel, had, didn't care about DC Universe Online maybe, but just wanted the chance to see Mark Hamill because that's Luke Skywalker to them. So I can only imagine, you know, uh, it, it was, I mean, it was cool. I mean, he's, he's really, he was really cool to meet and it was awesome. So, and then Sunday was pretty much a down day for a good, good chunk. Of the you, you, you can't skip to Sunday without talking about Thomas Jane on Saturday. We okay, have to so, talk about Thomas Jane. <laughs> is this is this um is this better than Tyrese last year? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Okay. It, so everybody who was who listens to the podcast last year knows that Apple had a nice run in with Tyrese Gibson last year. Um, Tyrese Gibson, the uh, the guy who's in Transformers, does a variety of other things, but 
he's probably more well known for Transformers. Um, and Apple had a run in with him, which you can listen to the podcast from last year. And you can hear about that. But uh, so this year, the uh, Tyrese Gibson of the convention was Thomas Jane, and uh, we say that because so we. And and I want to say this in the utmost respect for Warner Brothers because I know this had nothing to do with them. <laughs> it, they had no control over the situation, nope. obviously. Um, so Thomas Jane shows up for the press event on uh, for the DC Showcase. And he walks in. He's got his nice aviator glasses on and his leather jacket. He walks in like he, you know, he, he's, he's the cream of the crop. And he, he walks in and he goes, <laughs> let's do this. And... And our uh, the rep from Warner Brothers is like, okay, so you know we're gonna do some video interviews and we're doing this, and we're standing there because we're pretty much waiting. I guess we were waiting for him to show because he was announced to be there, and uh, everybody's standing around waiting to start the interviews, and then he shows up and you know says, let's do this. So the rep from Warner Brothers says, okay, and then he starts asking, he he, he starts pulling the uh, the movie star act and says. So, uh, you got any food here? And he's like, no, no, this is, we're only here for like an hour, Thomas. And he goes, well, you know, can you go send somebody out to go get some food? He's like, well, I, well, I've got some French fries left over from lunch. Okay, well, let's get them. Can you get some ketchup? <laughs> then, uh, then shortly after that, he goes, okay, well, if you can't get that, I, oh, I need some water. Where's the water? And there was a water cooler in the back of the room and, uh, they go grab the water. He goes and gets some water and he comes back, takes off his jacket takes off his glasses and says, oh, so you're going to send somebody who gets some coffee and, dr- and sandwiches, right? And the, the rep from Warner Brothers is like, yeah, 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 we'll do that. You need to start doing these interviews. Well, he started an interview with uh, one of the guys that was at almost every event. Uh, they're from the Flickcast. Uh, and they, they're uh, interviewing him, and he's... I don't know. I don't know what 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 was the issue with him, but he started going on these very strange, off-topic. Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, and comparing Jonah Hex to Gandhi, <laughs> and uh, I. He was talking about some of the craziest different things. Then, uh, then he was interviewed by the next group, and we we, we happened to notice his shoes, which. I've never seen shoes like these in the world. Me neither. I, they were they were a they were a popular brand, but they had individual holes for each one of his toes. And like they were his socks, shoe looked like almost. yeah, they looked like <laughs> socks with rubber rubber soles. It was insane. Okay. Um, so by the time we got over the fact that his socks were done, it was our turn to interview him, and we interviewed him. Now we didn't post the video. We might consider posting if we get enough emails requesting it. Uh, but uh, we didn't post it mostly because he started talking about how he he only likes superheroes that don't actually have powers, which was fine until he started going on about how uh, it's even hard to talk about. I mean, he was going on about all kinds of random stuff that had nothing to do with the project he was there to promote. So it was very difficult to use the, the the interview that we got to even promote what he was trying to promote because he wasn't talking about the project. We interviewed him. It was supposed to be like a short three-minute interview. He kept talking for six minutes, and out of the entire six minutes, he maybe talked about the Jonah Hex short for about 30 seconds. Right. 
after he was done interviewing with us, he had a, he sat down at a table with a bunch of other online. Oh no no no! Uh, don't don't forget, we had to get a promo from him. Oh oh, oh yes. Oh god. So we, get a, so, so we so we got a promo from Thomas Jane, and it consisted of us at, saying, "Okay, so we just need you to say hi. This is Thomas Jane, and you're listening to the Batman Universe podcast." So that consisted of him saying, "Well." The Batman Universe pod. Well, you know, I, I let's just say the Batman Universe because the Batman Universe podcast they know what they're listening to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, that's fine. The Batman Universe, that's fine. So then he proceeds. He goes, "That's too long. I, I just don't want to say that." Okay, that's fine. Just the Batman Universe that works for us. So he goes, "Hi, this is Thomas Jane. You're listening to the Batman Universe." I'm like, okay, thanks. He goes, "No, no, no. Hold on, hold on." Hi, this is Thomas Chen. You're listening to Batman. He proceeds to say this 15 t- different times. Dustin <laughs> sent me away because I, 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 I couldn't hold it. T- I couldn't keep it together. He's like, go away. You're laughing. Go, go. He's like, you're listening to. And he's like doing long pauses like William Chen. You're listening to Batman? Universe? <laughs> okay, that's good. No, wait. No, wait. I, I, got, I got a few more. Yeah. I got a few more. So, so he, he just keeps doing it over and over again and tells us, well, you just pick whatever one's the best. Yeah, you just keep pick. You just I'll give you a ton, different kinds. You just pick whatever one you want. I'm going to ask this question: Was he drunk? Was he drunk? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was under the influence of something. I don't know if he was drunk. I know at some points, if we actually do post that video, uh, his eyes don't stay open very long, and uh, he he kind of sways a little bit. I have no idea. I mean, he was there for other things at Comic Con besides. That he was there to promote some other production, something his or comic, another. His comic yeah. company. That's what he had. Yeah, he's starting a comic company called Raw Raw Entertainment, I think it's called. I mean, he was there to do other things, so it's not like he, you know, he flew in from Hollywood just to do this. But I mean, yeah, Thomas Jane was a pretty memorable situation. But yeah, I, I'm going to say if you want to see that interview, which I don't even know that anybody else posts any interview, any of those interviews with him because they're so like completely out there. Um, I saw a video from Comic Con with him in it, and he's at his booth, and he talks about how he hates child molesters, and the <laughs> no, guy looks really uncomfortable asking him, and he's wearing the same shirt that he talked to us in, and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> so I what was it like TV. playing? What was it like uh, playing Jonah Hex? I can't stand child molesters. <laughs> that's basically how our interview that's is. pretty much the interview yeah. oh no he said that he loves it when Jonah Hex beats women he kept he mentioned that like nine times during the DC showcase panel which um, if, if anyone's seen the scene in Iron Man um, the first Iron Man movie where he goes to that press conference and he sits down and he has the whopper and he's just acting like a buffoon and the press is going crazy that's what the DC showcase panel was like Thomas Jane starts off the panel he burps into the microphone and, like, everyone's, like, they think that this is an act. I mean, but, I mean, I just saw him at the press event, and I know this is how he's, this is the real Thomas Jane. But he burps into the microphone. Everyone's cracking up. And then, you know, he says, hey, he has his French fries still, and he's eating them, you know, out by the microphone. He says, hey, who wants my French fries? And everyone starts clapping and cheering, and he gets mad. He's like, no, you're supposed to say no. And I'm like, why is he asking? Oh. So he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this one more time. Who wants my French fries? And then everyone starts cheering again. <laughs> the best part was when he was at the table. They were interviewing him, and he yeah. snaps the table hard. He goes, "You have to take a stand." And I was like, 
Yeah, so that's what I was getting to. He, so after he got done interview, we got done interviewing. They sat him down at a table with a bunch of online sites that were just doing, you know, written interviews with him, and they all have the little microphone or you know all the little recorders sitting around him, and he's talking and they asked him questions. He was sitting there. It was supposed to be like maybe like five, maybe ten minutes at the max. He sat there for probably twenty minutes talking about stuff. You looked at every single person at that table. And they, when you made contact with them, they'd look at you and roll their eyes because they had no idea what he was talking about. And then on top of that, he'd sit there and he would say, like, he, like when we walked up because we were going to leave to go to a different panel because we were all done doing all of our interviews. When he walked up, all of a sudden, or when we walked over there, he's talking about how you need to take a stand. And <laughs> cowboys took a stand. And we as Americans need to take a stand against injustice. And I'm just thinking, sitting there thinking to myself, your character shoots people. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, at, at, at the show, at the showcase panel, like I could tell that the Warner Brothers people who were there were getting fed up with him, you know. And they, but they were trying not to say something. They're like, okay, like because he was talking during the movie, and they were like, okay, you know, like they were trying to play it off like it was all probably like, okay, Thomas, ha ha ha, let everyone watch the movie. And he's like burping into the microphone during the movie, and like. It was on me, and he's like adding his own commentary, and he's like, "I don't remember it ending like that." And I want to see what happens next. I want to. I don't think he got that it was a short. I think he thought it was like a full-length movie. He's like, "I want to see what happens next." And the audience was eating it up, and they're like, "They're like Warner Brothers." Like some guy went up to ask a question. He's like, "Warner Brothers, I just want you to know, whatever projects you do, add Thomas Jane because he's hilarious at these panels." And, and they're and they're like, "What do you think about Jonah Hex?" And he's like, "You know." Batman and Superman and Wonder, you know, they they got their magic wands. We 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 don't have magic wands. We're from, we're from Earth. We're from Earth, and on Earth, we don't have magic wands. <laughs> who, who, want, who, 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 who wants my fries? No, no, you're not gonna have my fries. <gasps> oh, I mean, he's there were sound problems during the movie, and he's like interrupted. He's like making flatulent noises. This was. Ugh. Right, so uh, needless to say, Thomas Jane was a pretty big highlight. But uh, to top top off Comic Con, Sunday was pretty much an off day. We didn't really cover anything on Sunday. Um, We really just spent the time shopping, getting some stuff, uh, going to some different panels that we just personally wanted to go to. So, I mean, overall, I think Comic Con was really good. I actually think it was better than last year, mostly because we did have more people there. Josh was there. Apple had some people for his site as well that helped out. So, I mean, there was some people that could help out so we could spread the the workload around so there was a little bit more free time. Now, I know Josh, being his first year, he probably thought there was no free time at all, but if you only knew what it was like last year. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> Last year was horrible for us. Oh no, there was there was no free time because I was I, w- I was pulling double duty for you guys and Spider Man crawl space. So like when I wasn't with you guys for the Batman and DC stuff, I'm running to these Marvel panels and um, it was cool because I got to interview Joe Casada and then my iPhone deleted it, but I was able to recover it luckily. Oh, well, it sounds like it was a very good year. I I've, I yeah. really want to go one year when I've when I've got the money to do it. I would. I've got to go to it one year because it just sounds like such a great experience. Yeah, just the celebrities that you meet. It's, you know, it's amazing. I mean, I, I, I saw SpongeBob and I had him call the kids back home and, you know, do the SpongeBob voice. I saw uh, the guy, the puppet master from Heroes was there. I got pictures with him and 
there's just so many people, you know, like lying around and the costumes are great. And I think that the most costumes I saw were Harley Quinn and the Joker. That seemed to be the most I that's, saw this that's year. That's pretty much always what it is. So, I mean, San Diego was good. Next year, obviously, we'll be going again. Uh, New York Comic Con's right around the corner. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be attending New York Comic Con as I previously planned because of the baby coming. But uh, next convention I'll be going to is uh, C2E2 next year and then followed by San Diego Comic Con once again. You know, we're just going to keep going as, as long as it continues to be enjoyable. And it was enjoyable this year. And I think it's going to end up becoming like a family tradition in my household as far as, you know, going to Comic-Con because it's something that everyone can enjoy somewhere or another. So uh, look forward to coverage for next year. That's all I got to say. I mean, and check out YouTube because we did post up a bunch of interviews. And if you do want us to post that Thomas Jane interview, you really do. Just uh, send us an email at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. We'll see how many people actually want to see it and then uh, we might post it up. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how many views that video gets then. All right, so that's pretty much everything for this episode. As always, you can email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can join the forums and become a member. If you're having problems getting onto the forums or getting your name registered, make sure that you email us and let us know, and we'll make sure to get your name approved. On top of that, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can leave us a review on iTunes And, of course, you can go to the website and follow all the news daily on the website. So that's everything for this episode. So this is Dustin. This is Apple. This is Nick. You got Josh. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys. Ciao. Cheerio. Yeah, I have to use the laptop's microphone. Um, anyway, I, I got to my house after I texted you, say, in a matter of minutes, and the power was out for the whole neighborhood, and I got the idea from my neighbor that it had been for hours. So I actually went to a Denny's that was down the street, and I'm jacking their Wi-Fi. Okay. Hey, Dust, you didn't get it, right, when I said, let's do this? What do you mean? Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. <laughs> Let's do this. Come Let's on. do this. Come on. Uh, you, you got some food. You got some coffee. Can you send someone to get some? Can you? Yeah. We'll talk about that. It's a little weird how each movie, how as opposed to the old uh, DC animated universe where they had their one con, one con. Tech attacks. Each movie Josh, kind of seems to be in their own Josh. continuity. Josh, like Josh, under the Red uh-huh. Hood is probably not in the same Josh, what? <laughs> you got completely cut off in the middle of what you were saying, and then we tried to tell you, and you just kept going. <laughs> oh, okay. Where where was I cut off? I have no idea. You just have to start over. Okay, if this continues, I'm gonna have to figure out something alternative. It's not the Wi-Fi. It's probably the built-in microphone to the laptop, which is not good because I don't want to turn around and get the headset.
Okay. Now we've lost Josh again. Nick. Now we got Oh, um yeah, well, it's um you want me to talk about it, Dust? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 